greetings once again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are we excited to be in the house of the Lord? Even though you can't sing, but you can say Amen. 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 And we also welcome those who are joining us online. But I just want us to continue with what we started off some few weeks ago. I think it's now the third week that we are talking about God is committed to healing us. And uh, actually when you look at God's love, he loves us so much. Like any person who loves somebody, you want things to go well for them. So God wants things to go well for us. God wants us to be in good health. God wants us to be protected. God wants us to live in peace. Amen. He wants us to be prosperous. But the enemy or the devil wants us to suffer. So now we need to allow God to teach us how to live in victory here on the earth. That even when the enemy wants us to suffer, we can enjoy what God has in store for us which is a blessing. I want us to start today in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, in the Amplified. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I want you to look at those three things. None of them sounds good, isn't it? Still, if something is stolen, then it, you will be hurt. Kill, again, it's, it's hurting. Destroy. Jesus says, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So I want you to see the contrast that Jesus is putting here. He talks about the thief and what the thief has come to do. He talks about what he also has come to do. And both those two things or those two dimensions can happen here on the earth depending on which one you are aligned to. So obviously, the thief would always want to, cut, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If you do not have to succumb to that, then you should have a power that is stronger than the power of the enemy. That's why Jesus says, I've come that they may have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance till it overflows. Have it in full. But if you look at how the world is today, we have accepted some of the sufferings as part of the norm. I want you to think of this closely. Because the enemy is blinding the minds of people that when they suffer, they should see it as part of the normal thing. When the enemy steals from them, they see it as part of normal. When the enemy kills, they see it as part of normal. When there is destruction, they see it as part of normal. But Jesus says, I have come. So it means for you and I, we have to enjoy life. And we have to have life in abundance. Life to the full till it overflows. So I want you to think of that because uh, as we continue with this subject, I just want to pick some few things for you. Today I want to zoom maybe on three things, but we'll zoom mainly on two because the other one we've already talked about. 
Because among the many things that the enemy can use to steal your joy or to kill anything in your life, whether it's killing something or killing a person, whether it's destroying, he wants to do that. He can use sickness. He can use accidents. He can use anything that you regard normal. He can even use miscarriages and barrenness. He can use premature death. All those things that we sometimes think is part of normal. Amen. I want you to think of this closely. Let's go to the book of Exodus 23. Because I want us to zoom a little bit more in this. And then, unless we are enlightened to what God says, we are going to accept something as normal when actually Jesus did not say that is normal. Because whatever the enemy does or whatever the world system is like, we should not submit ourselves to the world system. So Exodus 23, 25, and 26, I'll read in the NLT because I want to pick three things there. Okay? And one of them we have already dwelt, dealt with it for a long time. Exodus 23, 25, and 26, NLT, it says... You must serve only the Lord your God. So I want that first part. When we serve the Lord our God, we please him. God wants us just to serve him, wants us to be faithful to him, continue to live well before him and not entertain sin in our lives. But when we do that, it says, if you do, I will bless you with food and water. So in other words, If you serve me faithfully and you follow my ways and you do what is right in my sight, blessings are coming your way. Amen. So, in other words, I told you about what the thief came to do, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Okay? But Jesus has come so that we might have and enjoy life, have life in abundance. So, the first thing is, he says, if you serve me wholeheartedly, I will bless you. I'll bless your food and your water. So blessing is part of your inheritance. Tell your neighbor, blessing is part of my inheritance. Amen. That's what should be normal in a life of a Christian. Okay? A curse should not be a normal thing in our lives. We need to reject that and say, that's not my inheritance. So he says, I will bless you with food and water or blessing will be upon you. And secondly, he says, I will protect you from illnesses. So it means God wants us to be free from illnesses. That's what we started talking about last week, talking about walking in divine health. So God is actually dealing with the things that torment us and he says, I don't want that to come on you. He says, I will protect you from illnesses. In other words, walk in divine health. All of us, whoever had an opportunity to be sick, you know how terrible is it to be sick, isn't it? You know it's, it's not good at all. And God has made a way. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he also paid the penalty for our sicknesses. That's why the Bible says, 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. So if we are already healed, if we were healed with his stripes, it means God wants us to live in good health. Okay? Now continue. Look at verse 26. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. Okay? That's another thing. We've now accepted when people suffer miscarriages, we take it as normal. Isn't it? I don't want to sound insensitive. We need to embrace and, 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 and comfort the people that are suffering miscarriage. But we also need to teach them that's not how God sees it. Actually, to me, miscarriage is a very cruel thing. Because it's as if, you know, when we grew up, people would actually hurt your heart. They will give you something. And when you are about to take it, they take it back. And they laugh at you. So if indeed I am to be blessed with a child, and that child is on the way coming, and I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm even telling people, I'm even buying clothes. And now you hear, I've suffered miscarriage. I cannot see how that would be what God wants for my life. Because God is not confused. Amen? Because it's not as if, let me do this, and just when she's excited and praising God and saying, I thank God, I bless the Lord, that the Lord has remembered me. I can't see that. That I don't understand that. So that's why I like it when God himself says, there will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. So he also now says, even barrenness is not part of what I want for my children. And he says, I will give you long, full lives. So actually when I look throughout the Bible, okay, I touched a bit on miscarriages, but if I touch a bit on the barrenness or the infertility, the people that you would look through the Bible, whoever was ever said to be infertile or to be barren, later the Lord remembered them, except the one who was cursed. You remember the one who was cursed? Michal, isn't it? The wife of David. But for the rest, you will hear the Bible saying Hannah was barren, but then we hear after that the Lord remembered her. And she had children. You remember of Elizabeth, barren, but later remembered, has children. You think of Sarah, barren, later remembered, children. You get that? I want you to get that clear. Because sometimes we accept some of these things as if it's normal. And he says, I will give you long, full lives. So the other thing, when he says, I will give you long, full lives, this is now talking about long life. It means we don't have to die young. We don't have to die prematurely. We don't have to die before we finish our assignment. There is something, there is a reason why you have come on earth. There is something that God wants you to do. So finish your assignment and then you can say, now I want to depart. Isn't it? I mean, look at the many plans that we have at Jesus the Savior, the many things that you are still looking forward to this pastor to guide you and lead you through the land that we need to possess and all the things that need to be gone. Don't you think even if it's to, to be with Christ is far much better, don't you think that if I were to go, I would have robbed you of the many things that you are still looking up to? Yeah, 
So therefore, I can't go now. Amen. God says, I will give you long, full lives. I want to believe that. Now, when I talk, these people usually say, what about so and so? I'm not talking about people here. I'm talking about what God has said. And make it your own. Because if you are going to be entertaining, what about so and so? What about this one? About What about that one? That's what the devil will use to convince you that you are next. Amen. But if you look here, he says, I'll protect you from illnesses. I want to stay in good health. There will be no miscarriages of infertility in your land. We want to be fruitful. Actually, when the Lord blessed them in the Garden of Eden, he said, you remember when he blessed them? He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That's a blessing. Okay? And then, and I will give you long, full lives. So if he says, I will give you long, full lives, we need to live long, full lives. Now, going to Luke 1, 36 to 37, King James Version. There's something here that I just want to pick on in terms of barrenness. Luke 1, 36 to 37, King James Version. It says, And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. There is no problem in one's having had to be called barren. But at the end, I mustn't end like that. It can't end this way. Amen? So it says, who was called? Just like we were called something before. But now, my end should be in line with what God has assigned for me. And he said, I must be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and I must be prosperous. So it says, it is now a six months who, with her who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Because the reason why sometimes we accept other things as normal is because we think of them as human beings. And then we think, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But we need to go back to God and let God teach us so that then we can embrace his word and then say, Father, this is your promise. And I thank you for what you have promised us. I thank you that you said you will protect me from sickness. You want me to stay in good health. Thank you, Father, that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that I walk in divine health. Thank you, Father, that you said I will be fruitful and I will be prosperous on the earth. There will be no barrenness, no infertility or miscarriages among us. You said you will satisfy me with long life. Thank you, Father, that I will live long on the earth. Amen. Let it not only be for the pastor. I don't want to bury you guys. Let me bury you when you are old. Or when you have finished your course. You can still go when you are young, but you should first tell me, Pastor, I finished everything I needed to do. I want to go. Then it's fine. You can still go young if you have finished what you have come to do. Okay? Romans 4, 17 to 21. Just want to show you further how we can believe God and trust God even when the situations do not look favorable for us. But we embrace and hold on to the promises of God 
and not ad- admit to our lot in life. People will usually convince you that that's your lot in life. But how can it be my lot in life when it's not in the book? How can it be my lot in life when it's contrary to what God has told me? Amen. It means I need to take it that the enemy is robbing me of what is rightfully mine. And I need to know how to stand my ground. I need to know how to stand even when I have the opposition. So look at this. The story that I'm going to read for you now. It's after God had promised Abraham. He was still called Abraham. He said you are going to have many children. But then in the natural they were seeing that it's not working. They were not getting children. You remember even Abraham convinced by Sarah. They even tried to help God. You remember the story of Ishmael? As if God does not know how to deal with things. So if God is the one who promised, he is able also to perform his promises. Our part is only to believe him and trust him. So Romans 4, 17 to 21, King James Version, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. So this was written before Abraham had even a single child. He was still called Abram. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. You see how God does things. He calls things that be not as though they were. He does not call things that are as though they are. Because some of you say, Pastor, but if I'm sick, I'm sick. So if I have to call sickness, I'm calling things that are as though they are. Okay? Neither am I saying, if you are sick, say, I'm not sick. I'm saying, when you are sick, say, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I am healed. Because that's what God says. So how can I be lying when I'm telling, I'm telling you what God said about me? Huh? I'm saying, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. No, but pastor, it seems your voice is so hoarse. Uh, are you not catching the flu? You want me to confirm? So that at the mouth of two witnesses, then everyone will be established. No ways. Not in my body. Amen. I want to take what God has promised me. I'm not talking about my voice. I'm talking about what God has promised. He said, no, but we can see that it seems you are tearing and it shows that you. It seems like you've got a severe headache. eh? People do that, isn't it? When you are standing on the word, they look at you and now they put you in a corner. So that now you have to confirm it. It's as if the devil realizes this thing won't stick unless she accepts it. Okay? Now, somebody has to ask you that question so that you say, yeah, hey, yeah, no, it's really, it's very severe, this headache. You see, it started, it's, it's five days now. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I think it's the, it's the sun, man. It's, it's too hot. Now the devil realizes he has accepted. He's got the receipt. Isn't it that some of you guys, when a parcel is delivered to you, when they bring a parcel, what do you do to give the other person the assurance that you have received the parcel? You sign for it. Okay? And in the spirit world, we sign through words. Amen. So if a parcel is delivered, the devil delivers it, and now you sign for it, you can't say you didn't receive it. Isn't it? 
But if when the devil is, de- is de- delivering it, I realize sickness. Uh-uh. Wrong address. Sickness shouldn't be coming here. Amen. So I don't want to receive that. So what do I receive? Father, I thank you that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed. I thank you that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is not the temple of sicknesses. I thank you, my Father, that you said you will protect me from all sicknesses. Amen. He calls things that be not as though they were. So call what you want to see. Don't call what you see. It's like when it was dark in the beginning, God said, let there be light, even though it was dark. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? So actually for Abraham, it was hopeless. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So he had received a word, it was written, and he embraced it. And verse 19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. I like verse 19. So in other words, Abraham was about 100. Sarah, when it says the deadness of Sarah's womb, it means she was at menopausal stage. Okay? He didn't consider that. What did he consider? The promise. Amen? Sometimes we fail to receive because we consider our circumstances. We consider uh, daddy, that I'm talking about now, if it was some of you, in the place of Sarah and Abraham. Daddy, you see that we didn't get the child when I hadn't reached menopause. Now I think we need to forget because now I'm at menopausal stage. It's even more worse now. Isn't it? But according to God, he's able also to do whatever he promised. So whether he wants to do it at old age, (laughs) actually that's more even like shining a bit. Amen. You, you do it in style. So that then it's known it's God. Amen. So he says he did not consider his own body now dead nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So he was keeping to faith. But was strong in faith giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Can you be fully persuaded that what God has promised is able also to perform? You know, sometimes the thing that drops us of that is because we cannot see ourselves having it. Okay, let's go to Genesis 15, 4 to 6. I want to give this example of Abraham because Abraham also struggled until God changed his name and called him the father of many nations. He struggled. Him and Sarah, they believed God and somewhere along the way, they doubted. God had to even change their names. So it means now he had to be called mother of many nations. So when they were calling each other, father of many nations, mother of many nations. So it had to stick. They had to start speaking it that way. But look at this, what God has done. I like this. How God gives them a mental picture of what they were looking for. It's like if you are believing God to be healed, start seeing yourself healed. If you are believing God for children, start seeing yourself having children. If you are believing God for long life, see yourself an old man or an old lady. Amen. Look at this. Genesis 15, 4-6 Amplified. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, 
it's, it was when Ad, Abraham was saying, but you didn't give me children. Now this Eliezer, who will be my heir, and all that and all that. God says, this man shall not be your heir, but the one who come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside his tent into the starlight and said, look now toward the heavens. So what, God, what is God trying to do? Now God wants him to have a mental picture. He says, look now toward the heavens. He doesn't tell him why he's making him do that. He says, count the stars and see if you are able to count them. Sure, there are too many. You can't count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed the Lord and he counted him as washings. So it means in essence, Abraham now started having, because he was told, go out, look. So he started seeing these many children, many children, many children, many children. So that was the picture now in his mind. So our mental picture has to start changing. Let's see ourselves the way God says. Amen. If you are in a wheelchair and you are wheelchair bound, start seeing yourself walking. Amen. Have that picture and then trust God. Amen. So that then, that will come your way. And sometimes it's because we, 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 our words, we use our words and we say we are speaking, we say, no, we've got to be realistic. If it's not this way, why, how can I say life when there is death? How can I say I'm healed when I'm sick? How can I say this when I'm this? We don't do that. You speak the word. I want you to look at Proverbs 18. 20 and 21. Because you've got to speak it. Speak what you believe. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21, New King James Version. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lip he shall be satisfied. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> you know how some of you would have wanted this verse. Death and life are in the power of God. Is that not how you would have interpreted this verse? I mean, some of you. You're putting those verses. But this one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, when you people hear me always talking long life, I'm putting it here. Because I want life. Okay? Because sometimes you would not want to speak what you believe. You say, no, I, I don't want to speak. What if it doesn't happen? That so actually, the Bible says we have the same spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We have the same spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 So if you believe, speak it. Because it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And when it goes down, in the Amplified it says, you must be satisfied with the consequences of your words. Amen. What are you saying in your life? What are you saying about your life? Don't speak your circumstances. Speak what you want to see come to pass. I hear mainly this thing. There is this thing where people say, when somebody has died, and they say, yeah, no, he could feel it in, in his blood. He told us before the beginning of this year that this year he won't finish it. 
Do you think it's because they felt it in their blood? Maybe. But my version is they spoke it into being. Amen. That's my version. Your version may be they felt it in their blood. But for me, they spoke it. And so it came to pass. So that's why you should be careful what you speak. Because the Bible says, you shall have whatsoever you say. People can say a lot of things about you. Don't mind about that. But speak something for yourself. Amen. Have your destiny in your own hands. With your God. Amen. Look at this. Psalms 118 verse 17. Look at uh, David. Sometimes you are told. You are going to die. This sickness is incurable. You are going to die. This sickness is incurable. You are going to die. And you are given a report that you are going to die. Psalms 118 verse 17. I like this. King James Version. David says. I shall not die. But live. And declare. The works. Of the Lord. Amen. I like that. Amen. So it means sometimes if you are in a corner. And you are told you are going to die. If you don't think it's time for you yet to go. You need to say. I shall not die. But live. And declare the works of the Lord. Okay. Can you say it with me? I shall not die. But live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. So with this I'm reminded. They say there was one man. Uh, he believed this. He believed long life and he believed that he would live and all that. So apparently they were in a flight. So many thousand feet up there. Then there was engine failure, so this flight was going to crash. When everybody was like shouting about with fear as the thing was going down, he was keeping on saying, I shall not die, I'm standing on the word. I shall not die, I'm standing on the word of God. I shall not die, I'm standing on the word of God. The thing is going. And then fire all over. Everybody died. Somehow, when the, the plane hit the ground, the space where that person was, it pushed that to the other side. Everything was burning and all that. And then, he was on the other side, but he was also unconscious. Okay? So they say they came, everybody was declared dead on the sea. So at least with him, there was still life. So they took him to the hospital, and then he was in coma for some days. They say when he woke up, he was still saying, I shall not die, I'm standing on the weight. I shall not die, I'm standing on the weight. And ultimately he lived. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's a true story. So, But then you would find that the easiest thing in that case is you think if this thing crashes so many feet above the ground, you are gone. Isn't it? So it means Either it should not crash if I'm in it because I'm not going to die. Or if it crashes, I'll still live. Amen. Because I've got a covenant with God. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, let me give you a 
I'll give you an illustration about long life. When you guys keep on hearing me talking, this is because I've seen it in scriptures. You know many scriptures about God saying he will satisfy us with long life, isn't it? But I want to show you that it's a choice. Let's go to the book of Philippians. For this one, I would want people to read because it's, it's, it's a controversial place. So I don't want you to think it's just in the pastor's Bible. So it means if it's in your Bible also, you can also believe it. Okay? If it's only in the pastor's Bible, then it's fair that it is only the pastor who believes it. Don't say, I don't have the faith of a pastor. The pastor. I can't believe that. Because then, you are missing an opportunity. God never said this is for pastors. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But look at this. Philippians 1, Mr. MJ, I'm going to do it for us in the New King James Version. Philippians 1, 21 to 26. I want to show you somebody who knew how to make a choice, whether to live or to die. Okay? So the Bible promises us long life, isn't it? As a general norm. But I want to show you the practicalities of somebody who chose to say, I don't want to die now. I could choose to die now, but I don't want to die now. And then later he said, yeah, I've finished what I need to do. Now I want to depart. Actually, I want to die by departing. It's like I'm taking a journey. Amen. Philippians 1, 21 to 26, NKJV, Mr. MJ. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. So he mentioned two things. He says for me, to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So obviously, if you die, you will be with the Lord and we celeb- you, you are in a better place. You get that? So he puts it clear. I also believe it's better the other side. But now look at what he says. Continue. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Mm. Yet, what shall I choose I cannot tell. Okay. Did you hear that? (laughs) What did he say? (laughs) What shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm thinking, man. To live is Christ. And there are many things I can do in life. But to die is gain. Hmm. What I shall choose, I cannot tell. Okay? Tell us, Paul. Maybe you will choose at the end. For I am hard-pressed between the two. What are the two things that he was hard-pressed between? Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Okay. Did you get that? So he says, I'm hard-pressed between the two things, man. I've got a desire to depart and be with Christ. This is far much better. Because you know that to be with Christ is the best thing you could ever imagine. Okay? But on the other hand, What is the other thing? Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Oh, now I've got two things, man. There's this one thing. I could depart and be with the Lord. It's far much better. But you need me. For me to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Okay? So for me, don't go, especially when you still have the little ones. Don't go and leave little ones. You see the little one there? She still needs you. Yeah, you can't go now. 
and leave the little one as the Lord for other people. No. So he says, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And then, let's see if he will ultimately choose. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Oh. Did he choose? Mm-hmm. Huh? Why did he choose? To leave. To remain. But he had an option to depart and be with Christ, which is far much better. But he also thought of the people around him. And he says, Ish, what do I do now? What a desire to depart and be with the Lord. It's far much better. Some of the people usually say that. You find that people really want to go and be with the Lord. They don't ever care about those people that are depending on them. Because there are others who are still, who still need you. So at least I want to leave and when I'm finished, I need to call you guys and do like Paul. Let's go. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 to 8. Now we do it King James Version. So, Mr. MJ, you will again do it for us. So, you see in Philippians, he says, ah, this is a difficult choice. To depart and be with Christ is far much better. But hey, for your sake, I think I need to remain. And then he says, let me choose to remain for your sake. But now, the language changes here. In 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. I want you to look at this because this is what I want to do with you guys after, because ultimately I want to be with Christ. But it's just that it's not now. I'm not in a hurry. Because if we were told we were only going to spend time with Christ for about a hundred years, then I would say let me go quick so that I would have a bigger portion of the hundred years. But it says you will spend eternity. So it means in essence I can go as late as possible the latest arrival time. Amen. Those of you who do projects, there is the earliest completion date and the latest. So I want to go for the latest arrival time. Amen. Because I will still have eternity with him. Now listen to this. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. I'm just showing you my children so that you know I'm not just believing things for myself. I've seen them in the way. And I'm taking this and use it in my life because I've seen it in the word and I did not write the Bible. We get that. So somebody read it for us. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, KJV. For I am... Uh, 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 KJV. King James Version. I am now ready to okay. part. <laughs> did you hear that? Repeat. For I am now ready to be offered. This guy is playing with life. Eh? <laughs> he's, he's doing life like it's a game. In one time he says, uh-uh, I'm not ready to go guys. I still want to remain with them. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. Yeah. And the time of my departure is at hand. What time is your flight, Paul? <laughs> Amen. I like that. He says... <laughs> He says, in, if, in Philippians, he says, uh-uh, I'm not ready yet for the sake of you guys. He says, for now, I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure. I want to go like I'm taking a flight. The time of my departure is at hand. Why, Paul? Verse 7. 
I have fought a good fight. Mm-hmm. I have finished my course. Mm-hmm. I have kept the faith. Okay. Now, if somebody has fought a good fight, if somebody has finished their course and they have kept the faith, do, should we still keep them? They can go. It's a good soldier. Amen. So he says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I can depart now. And I think when I depart that way, don't cry. Isn't it? Because at least I have done everything I need to do, isn't it? And now I say, guys, let me go, man. It's far much better than the other side. This body, it's, 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 it's getting tired. You know that when, when you get older and older and older, there comes a time when your body is just too tired to carry you. Okay? So then you can say, no, I think this body is too tired to carry me now. I think I need to let go. In any way, I've finished what I needed to do here. I can go and be with Christ, which is far much better. Amen. I'm giving you these things so that you can also just awaken and see that it's not just what the pastor is saying. Some of the things we have started accepting them as a norm, as normal, but they are not in scriptures. Amen. So we need the Lord to enlighten us. And we need to take the word. We need to take what is in the word, what is in scriptures, and say, whatever the world sees as a norm, I'm not going to conform to the standards of this world. Be not conformed to the standard of this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. So maybe we need to read it. And then I'll give you the Bible study portion. And we'll take 10 minutes on it. Let's read that one. Um, the last time I saw it, it was in Romans 12. And I think it remains there, isn't it? You remember the other time I told you, if you ever see a scripture, it remains there. So it will always be there. So you better know it because every time you call for it, you will find it there. Romans 12 verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. Why, why, why Paul? Why do you say that? Because if you conform your world to yourself to this world, you will get the worldly results. Get me? If you conform to the standard of this world, you will get the worldly results. If you want to get the results in line with what God has said, embrace his way. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do our minds need to be renewed? You know, even the thing I was teaching you here, some of you, you were struggling a bit because you are, your mind is used to a certain way of thinking, isn't it? Mm, you were struggling a bit because your mind says, ah, how on earth? The pastor, this, we've got to be realistic, pastor. That's your mind, isn't it? It's used to a certain way of thinking. But whatever is telling me I've got to be realistic is not quoting a scripture. It's telling me people's experiences. Now, why should I go to people's experiences? Then I will suffer the same fate with them. Okay? So it says I mustn't be conformed to this world. But I must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can only prove the good, acceptable and perfect will of God if you do not allow yourself to be conformed to the pattern of this world. Amen. So now for our Bible study discussion, I will give you 10 minutes because I want you to understand this. I'm going to give an illustration which you can study yourself. You remember in July when we started studying the Bible, we said when you go to study the Bible, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal, to minister things to you. The reason why you find that when I'm sharing the word with you, there are many things that you see, it's a revelation. It means I had to give myself time and hear from God. I had to say spirit of the living God because the scripture is there as it is, but let the word, let the Holy Spirit make that word real in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit also enlighten some few other things. Other things that maybe even the pastor didn't say. Because it is the Holy Spirit who is teaching each one of us. That's why after the 10 minutes of discussing this, I want to hear also from you. Because I also want to learn what is it that the Spirit of the Lord is also ministering to you. Amen. Because even in your own personal life, I'm encouraging why I do these portions. Soon now, because we are in level 1, we will be in level one soon. Probably these moments will end soon. So, at least make hay while the sun shines. And have time for Bible study. I'm teaching you to do it here. But you need to have the same time in your homes. Study it. And let the Holy Spirit reveal things to you. So, we are going to use Isaiah 38. Verse 1 to verse 5. If you've got the NLT... Do it in the NLT and blessing if you've got it to put it on screen would appreciate that. That would also be good for those who don't have NLT. Isaiah 38, 1 to 5 and then 9 to 12. If you don't have it in NLT, you can either <coughs> look at what blessing is sharing with on the online, with the online viewers, but those of you who have it NLT, you can do it in NLT. Otherwise then, Okay, we've got it there. Okay. Just that now it's 111. It's fine. You keep on scrolling for them. Okay. So I want you to look at this in line with what we just taught you today and in line with anything that you hear the pastor usually say. Okay? The problem is when you tell us in line with what you hear it being said somewhere else. I can't account for what you hear being said somewhere else. So if you hear something somewhere else, ask those people the question. It's fair. Ask me the question on things that I told you. Isn't it? You don't like that one. How must I account for what other people are saying? Shouldn't I account at least, okay, or at least ask me what is in the way. Then it's fine. Or ask me what is your own personal problem. Okay? Or what I've told you. But if it's things out there, because people, we are hearing a lot of things. Most of them, they are not even word-based. It's just that we sometimes call people, some of them we call them great men of God, great men of God for this, great men of God for this. Indeed, we've got great men of God. But it doesn't mean they, they are great in every aspect. Most of the great men of God that you know, you would find that there is something that the Lord has graced them with they are great in this aspect. But they are not necessarily great in the other one. The problem is when you are not great in the other one, now you are trying to 
also be an authority in the area where you are not great, where you haven't developed. The Bible is very clear. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you. So you can only possess the land as you, it's like with healing. The moment you understand healing and now you have grasped that one, you can say, I've possessed that one. Now the next one is financial prosperity. I'm still in debt. I'm healed. I know how to walk in divine health, but I'm always borrowing. My things always don't match up. It doesn't mean because now I've got breakthrough in healing, I'll automatically have breakthrough in finances. No. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that you get. And then, uh, Mark 4.23 in the Amplified, it says, Be careful what you are hearing, for the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that will be measured back to you, and more beside will be given to you who hear. So it means you've got to search the scriptures, study the word, and develop yourself in all these other areas. So if you have seen, we've now taken you through with the healing. I want this to be soaked in. I want you to have this as your land. You possess it. And you know, I know how to walk in divine health. I know how to live long on the earth. I can't just, when I'm going to my kaiser, you never know. Maybe now I'm going to Limpopo and now you will hear I'm gone. You see here in the roads, people are dying all over. If that's what you believe, we'll find you ahead. Amen. Do you know that when you die prematurely, but you are a Christian, you still go to be with the Lord, isn't it? So we still get you. Amen. But you could have decided, if the Lord also tells me, death and life are in the power of the tongue, can't I control my destiny with my mouth? Especially if you are living right before God. Only thing is that if you are not living right before God, then you disqualify yourself. Okay. Ten minutes, Isaiah 38, 1 to 5 NLT. And then 38, 9 to 12 NLT. And I want you to go through that in line with what we're teaching you. Allow the Holy Spirit to keep on revealing some things to you. Then you can share with us either from this portion of scripture or anything that I shared with you over the past two weeks about God is committed to healing you. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you very much. And uh, those of you are watching us uh, through the social media. You can also put your comments and then we will pick that with Mr. MJ. But those of you who are here, can I open up? I just want to see first by the show of hands, those of you who want to say something, Brother Wupi, Mr. Majambe, Mr. Muope, uh, Mrs. Maluleke, MJ. Okay. So I will have round two. It's fine because I think we've got a bit of time today. So it's fine. Let's see how the three the four brethren go first. At the end we can still open time. Okay. So brother Buti, you can start. Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, so this is what I figured out. So the first one, uh, the first portion of scripture, it relates to the verse that says, which report do you believe? Here we see Ezekiel pleading with the God after hearing that you won't make it and you must set these affairs in order. 
But when he heard this message, he didn't argue or fight with the messenger, but he turned his face and prayed, and the Lord added more years in his life. So being faithful and serving the Lord all adequately as a reward and as seen in this portion of scripture. Amen. Amen. So the other thing which is good in what uh, Brother Wuthi chose is that it's like the destiny was sealed, but he didn't like that report, even if the report was from the master. And then he said, I've got a case to, 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 to bring before God. And him having lived faithfully and well before the Lord, it helped him. Because I know one man, well, it's a complete opposite of this. I think I've put it there on, on Key to Extraordinary Life. When we're comparing this with, remember somebody who was also judged and things were to be finished with him. You remember King Belshazzar? When the, the finger came, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parsi. Weighed, weighed, measured, and then divided. So it says, you were put on a scale. In other words, God measured the days of your kingdom and cut them short. So he said, that's it. But after he said, that's it, he was put on a scale to say, will it Will, will, will the scale change anything? And then you were found wanting. And therefore your kingdom is taken away. So it's as if even after the judgment was pronounced, there was still a thing of putting something on a scale. Okay? Now Hezekiah says, but Lord, remember how I've walked faithfully before you. I've got something here to say. And God said, you're right. 15 more years. Amen. Mr. Majam. Seems your your mic. You guys are the ones who should. The mic, when it Amen. comes to you, it should behave well because you are handling <laughs> the mic. Amen. Okay. Okay. Um, the, the thing that really impressed me about, especially the way you've approached this subject, is uh, when you said uh, when you quoted Romans twelve two. this particular concept about health and uh, life and death. And it is actually something that is powerful to think that ever since we grew up, ever since we were young, we're just being told, yeah, you never know the time when you're going to die. You're just going to poop one day and just die. Uh, nobody knows when the time. But here, it's, uh, our minds have been renewed in such a way that you actually see that there is examples of... Um, People that have been faithful in their work, in their walk with the Lord, that then actually stand and bargain with God to say, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, and I haven't finished doing this, and um, my time is not yet up. People that actually choose for themselves when they want to die and how they want to die, and uh, you know, and it's a complete. Uh, renewal of the mind. It's a complete transformation to Amen. the way in which we've been seeing this whole things of life and death Amen. and even health. I think that you can actually choose 
to to talk with God. It reminds me of a verse that says, um, um, "Come, let us reason together." Uh, the Lord actually to those that are faithful can actually sit you there and say and reason with you. Okay, Amen. why is it that you need to live longer? Why must you have good health? Amen. And then you give you reasons that pertain oh. to uh, the deeds that you have done and uh, 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 the, the, the service. Amen. So I thank you for that and uh, that perspective that you brought to me. Amen. Th thank you very much, Mr. Majamba. I actually like the issue of transformation. You are right. Our minds has to be renewed because we are used to a certain way of thinking. And that's what we were told all the time. But that's not scriptures. You see, so the enemy actually thrives in that. But if you look at God, God is not as whatever as people see him to be. No. He actually honors our faith. He honors our prayers. Especially when you are living right before God. I'll give you another example of bargaining. You remember the one time God was angry with the children of Israel. He wanted to finish them in the desert. You remember? He said to Moses, these people are stiff naked. naked I must finish with them and I will start with you, Moses. Do you think if Moses had said, I think that's a good idea. Then they would have been finished, isn't it? And start with Moses. But Moses says, hey, Almighty, I don't think that's a good idea. Because when the enemies, or when your enemies, even the Egyptians, when they hear it, they will say he realized that he could no longer bring them to their promised land, then he finished them in the desert. And the Bible says, and then God changed his mind. He said, you're, you're right, Moses. It won't work that way. Let's do it the way that you suggested. To show that God is open to us, talking with him, he's our father. Amen. So those are typical examples of us talking with God. And I think even when it comes to death, especially when you are living right with him, amen, there's more reason. There are still many things that we need to do. And some of you, you are also looking forward to us building beautiful, 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 isn't it? Especially if you are a giver, you also need to say, Lord, I mustn't go now because I'm a giver. I still want to give even to that. So in other words, you should be doing good so that you can also, when you state your case, at least there's something. Mm -hmm. Not like Belshazzar, weighed, and you were found wanting. Okay, Mr. Moore. Hey. Amen. Uh, to me, uh, I took it from uh, verse 1 to verse 5 where I then realized that uh, Hezekiah was a good servant of God. Mm. And though he was a good servant of God, when the message came from uh, Isaiah, of which it was the, the message from God, he, he didn't take it the way God wanted it to happen. So to me, it shows that he was not ready to live by that time. But instead, he decided to turn to God and pray to him. So meaning that when we are living right before God, when we are doing everything to please God, God is able to listen to his children when there's a case like, like uh, as I, I mean, Hezekiah faced. Amen. So it shows that we as a children of God, what we need to do, 
is to live the life that pleases God so that when times like this comes, we are still able to have the case to our Lord. Amen. 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 Because he had something, isn't it? He said, God, this doesn't sound right. Uh -uh. Remember, and then he cried bitterly. The one thing that I noticed actually, he didn't fight with Elijah, uh, with with, uh, Isaiah. He says, this is the matter between me and God. We've got to sort it, Lord. He doesn't even doubt that Isaiah didn't hear the message from God. He says, let me face my God. I know how to talk to God. And then he pleaded his case. He cried bitterly. And then, just to add what Mr. Moffat says. So, verse 5 says, Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go back to Ezekiah and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. So this reminds me, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's powerful and effective. And changing things. You don't say, imagine if Hezekiah was like some of you. It's all up to God. What do you think would have happened? He would have died. Isn't it? Mm, but he says, Lord, I see that that's what you're thinking at this time. But I just feel I'm not ready yet. And I'm not sure how they came to the figure of 15 years. The Bible doesn't even tell us whether it started as how many, how many do you want? They said 15. Or what about 5? Eh, 5 is too short. Let's make it 10. Oh, no, 10 is too short. Okay, 15 I can settle for. We don't know how they reached the number 15. But it says God himself then said, I will add 15 more years. This is when the message was now completed. 15 years. Additional. Because of somebody's prayer. Amen. Miss MJ. Amen. Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, for me, it was f- um, in verse 3 of Isaiah 38. It's really not too different from what everyone said, but what stood out for me the most was like, so when I was reading and then it says, remember, O oh Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and, ha- and have served you single-mindedly. So that's where I got like stuck on single-mindedly because I thought, wow. So even when this, even when Hezekiah is praying to God and he's saying, God, but I've served you single-mindedly. For me, it was like he was, he had one direction. He had one path. He served one God, did it all in God's way. didn't look any other way or any other direction. So it, it put me in a position where I was like, yo, if I was like Hezekiah and I was in that situation, would I be able to give God a reason to keep me alive? Because um, if you have, if you trust in a lot of things, if you believe in a lot of things, if you know the word, yes, as children of God, we know that our bargaining chip is the word of God. But if it's not the only thing that you've believed in, if it's not something that you've lived of, ab- of abided by, then it means you can't even use it. So for me, that single-mindedly, it really got me. Or if I do things God's way all the time and... It means I have more of a leg to stand on because it's like, but I've done everything your way. So now if I'm coming to you, you have to kind of listen to me because I've looked nowhere else. Amen. Amen. Now, thank you for picking that single-minded. I also like that because he was not double-minded. And like you said, 
it's like he's saying, I didn't have other options. Uh, my focus was always on you. You know that you were always my focus and you alone. So it's like that verse that we read when we started, serve the Lord your God only. So in other words, I was only focused on you, Lord. You know how I wholeheartedly followed you, how single-mindedly you were my heart's desire. Amen? So then, you could at least come to God and ask for some grace. Then he got additional two years. So Mr. MJ, let's check if they are online viewers. In the meantime, I can give two more. Okay, Dr. Msimango. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we'll start with you, Dr. Msimango, then we go to online. It's fine. Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, For me, I feel when Hezekiah was doing the poem from verse 9 to verse 12, it sort of revealed how he thought about the report from Isaiah. Uh So it's like he's now explaining it. Uh And there's two words that really stuck with me. In in verse 9, he talks about, it means that my life was going to be robbed of the other number of years Uh that I was supposed to have. So that word robbed, it's, it's, it, it, it encourages us to say when the enemy is threatening us with sickness, so whatever other method that he uses to kill us before our time, we should take it that way. That's why he prayed. Otherwise, he would have accepted it. He quickly imagined it. This is robbery. I'm being robbed of my life through sickness, and therefore I have to turn to the giver of life, which is God Almighty himself. And that's why he didn't waste time with the prophet Isaiah, because he knew now this is between him and God. This is, it's God who gives life. And when he goes to verse 12, he talks also about um, his life being cut short. So those are the words basically that came strongly to me, that if we... If we see things the way the Lord sees it, um, the way it actually is, we'll be able to fight it and be able to run to God and say, I'm refusing. I like the, 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 the scriptures that tell us that God has given us, he has made us just a little lower than him. And therefore we have the power and the authority. He's given us authority over all his creation. He's given us the ability to be able to say, we refuse. We, we permit. So we can Amen. agree or not agree with something that is coming and say, Lord, whatever I declare unlawful, this is unlawful. I cannot be robbed of my life. I cannot allow my life to be cut short. And therefore it's unlawful on the earth. And I declare it that way. And the heaven also declares it that way that it's unlawful for me to die young. I need to have a long life, Amen. especially if I'm living right with the Lord. Amen. Amen. No, thank, thank you for that. And I think we should start being passionate about this. Once you see that I can't be robbed here. Okay? Now you feel better. You feel, no, I must fight for this. I can't be robbed. So for me, I like what Ms. Ms. Mango said about the term robbed, the term cut short. But I also like what he says in verse 10. He says, in the prime of my life. It's like, in the prime of my life, 
Now for me to enter the place of the dead, it's like he was thinking about his funeral when he was told, you're going to die. You're not going to, re- to, to recover. And he thinks, life being cut short. That's how he was thinking. He's te- he tells us, like Ms. Mango said, because up there he doesn't tell us what he thought and all that. So he writes this poem, at least just to show us what was going through his mind. Amen. Online, Mr. MJ, are there any comments that you want to share with us? Some few coming from online disadvantages that when we read them it has already been shared so the benefits of being here you know you get fresh preference but anyway let's honor what they have put in uh, Mrs. Munungfara says it is important that we live our lives in truth be loyal and good to God in order to claim our inheritance of long life and then of course Sister Omar that says King Hezekiah did not accept death at the prime of his life as normal and therefore challenged God through prayer and God had him and then uh, Mr. Mnungufara said, Scripture teaches us that we have the power to prevent any harm by pleading with God. However, we must make sure that we live in truth, leading a sin-free life. Amen. Sin will disable us to plead our case. Yeah. And then um, the legend, Mrs. Todoro, uh, closes it by saying that if we live right in the eyes of the Lord, we have confidence to appeal our case in prayer and even Amen. in our dying moment of our challenge. Amen. 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 No, thank you very much. I think they have framed it well. Oh, did you want to have another bite of the cherry? Uh, okay, come on. Give it to. Okay. Uh, good morning, church. Um, two things that, um, that are on my spirit is, um, he asked, uh, the life and then God, uh, gave him life and then as well as, uh, rescued him from the king of, of, of um, Assyria as well as defending him from the city. So meaning if you ask God one thing, he also give you other things that Amen. go in hand with that life. Amen. So I think that maybe life could have been meaningless mm. if he was still in the bondage, or maybe he wouldn't even enjoy life if the city was not even yet uh, defended. And then other thing is, we can still use this thing, not only reason with God when we need life, but we can still reason with God when we need other things in Amen. life. We can Amen. still reason with God when we suffer, when we're sick, when Amen. we need other things, and then we say, Lord, this is what we need here. We cannot Amen. go through one, two, three. Not Amen. only when we die. Amen. Thank you. Th- thank you very much for that, because then you can see, so just uh, as Brother Derek is saying, so if you look at it, the, the reasoning, we are using this as the example with the death thing. But there are many other things where, like uh, Mr. Majambe said, come, let's reason together. There are many things that you can say, Father, that's actually the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer is because things are supposed to go a certain way, but you want them to go a certain way. So you actually come there and pray 
that things shouldn't go that way, but this way. We get that. So I think let's use that. Let this be a catalyst for our faith to indeed believe God, to indeed trust God for what he has promised. I will just uh, end it by, I think there are two other comments that I just want to add for Hezekiah. The rest is what you people have said. When I look at Hezekiah, I'm reminded of last week, uh, Dr. Msimango, you talked about the centurion and Jesus said, I'll come and heal the servant. And the centurion said, no, you don't have to even come under my roof. Speak the word. It's like, Jesus, you want to do it this way, but let's do it this way. And God honored the faith. Because if you're speaking that with faith, it will be done. And I'm also reminded of, you remember the Canaanite woman? Hmm? According to Jesus, you're not going to get your healing today. Your, your daughter's healing today. And then he starts by keeping quiet. She pressed. After that, the disciple says, he's making noise, send him, she's making noise, send her away. And then she comes, kneel before him. Lord, help me. And then he realizes, I must tell her that I'm not sent to the Gentiles, but to the lost sheep of Israel. And she still comes, kneel before him and say, I need help. Then Jesus goes on to say, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. She still says, even dogs can eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Until the Lord says, okay, woman, great is your faith. We can't stop you. Let it be done as you believe. So, actually, God has given us authority on the earth in a way that sometimes we do not realize that. Dr. Msimago uses that scripture in, in, in Psalms. It says, he has made us a little lower than him. Other versions would say lower than angel. It's a wrong translation. It should be lower than God. He has made us just a little lower than him. And he has given us authority to rule on the earth. Amen. So in summary, I want to say to you, as much as the enemy wants to torment us and he wants us to think some of the things are normal, let us be renewed and start looking at what God says and then claim our promises and stand on the word and enjoy the benefits of the word of God. Amen. So blessing the online viewers, we can get them ready to leave them. And then the rest of us we will conclude the service this side. Amen. So I would want us just to thank God for the word.